Hi and welcome back to the Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're talking all about episode four of the Queen Charlotte Bridgerton story. Great. So Nat, do you want to start off with the start of episode four? So I like the start of episode four because what we see is we see King George butt naked. So for me, 10 out of 10, that's like five out of five corsets, liking where this is heading. Yeah, he's he's doing a bit of an Anthony. Do you remember Anthony mm. always used to get his butt out? Mm. Um, he's definitely doing it in this show, and I'm not complaining I'm at not all. I'm not complaining. I liked it a lot. It, it set the nice tone. And he was getting like a stand-up um, rubdown, wasn't he? Yeah, so we see Charlotte and Lumiere uh, mm. washing the king. And I think Charlotte, again, I think we've said before, she comes across as quite insensitive and unempathetic. And she's basically shouting to Lumiere right in the king's face what is happening what is going on what's wrong with my husband mm. and I was like yeah he's right in front of you he's not deaf mm. um I think she's like the most insensitive person ever from this episode yeah I felt so bad for George you're right she just totally like talked over him and wasn't very soothing but she was so good though wasn't she in the previous episode she was like come on farmer George but she just freaking out isn't she she's really freaking out i suppose we have to give her a little bit of okay she's young she's freaking out but mm. i just i really don't think that would be your reaction to kind of shout over somebody who's ill um like that mm. and we've got a few other bits later on the episode that we didn't love mm. so the next scene we see um a kind of a flashback don't we of the king getting way too into farming mm. and he's tying a horse to a, a plough I guess and he's saying about how oxen aren't as good as horses and stuff I just think oh this is so weird for a king to be getting involved in such specific parts of farming like the farmers must think something's going on here this is weird yeah it is odd isn't it and then I was like because he was saying how oxen the other farmer was like oh oxen are more predictable and I was like oh is this a metaphor like is George the horse Oh, I didn't see that. No, I didn't think of that. But you could be right. It could be a metaphor. And and he's like talking about um, just, yeah, farming techniques. Um, so this leads me on to the next scene. So um, basically, as he's talking to the farmer, he gets uh, someone comes up and says, you need to. Was it Lumiere comes up to him and says, you need to come away. You've got to go and see the, the queen, the mum, the mm -hmm. queen mum. Because she has news and she has found him a bride. Mm. So he turns up and she's basically saying, right, I picked you a bride. Um, and, do you know, just a fun fact, in real life, the bride was picked by George himself. He picked Charlotte. So he basically had a list of brides in Europe and he picked her because he, he thought she was amenable and she had the right religion. Mm. So just, yeah, fun fact. That's so interesting. But when the, when the mum was like, oh, yeah, this lady's called Sophie... Charlotte. I was like, oh, mm. who's this bride? Is this another oh, bride that I dies see. on in transit? But I see. Charlotte must use her second name. Then. Yeah. And what I thought was funny is <laughs> he was so mentions he was like basically how he wants to make agricultural improvements. <laughs> and he says, What would you prefer? A royal baby or cheaper bread? And I was thinking, George, this is not your problem to solve. Like you are not placed on earth to you know, get into farming. This is you're the king of England. Yes, having an heir is your job, and ruling the country. Like you don't ever see him doing any politics, no. any like international relations, like all those things kings are doing. Who is doing that? Because he ain't doing it. He's quite sassy though. He's like, now you're going to tell me this, and you're going to tell me that, 
and I'm going to tell you that I don't even like the harpsichord or something like yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're sassy and I like it. He is really good with his mum. And then when he says all this, she just says to him, your country needs a king. And she's very stern. And I think she's right. Yeah. And that's when he starts speaking. He starts... Um, Getting all his words modelled up, and he's obviously is, well, that, no, is that right? That's a, no, he's absolutely cool and confident and good. And then it's when she says, "Well, your wife is on her way on a boat," and he's like, "Impossible," because it started. He's got no control, and he feels. Mm. I think he, he feels trapped, and that's when he starts to. It's really sad, isn't it? He starts getting all his words mixed up, and everyone's looking confused. Mm. And the queen looks down; she sees his hand twitching, and that's when she knows that mm. he's about to have one of his fits and she clears the room of everybody straight away and then she just embraces him and holds him as he collapses onto the floor it was quite nice to see because she's come across as very cold and stern so far we haven't really seen that maternal side of her we do see that later on actually which i really liked yeah and at first when he did the ticks and the gestures did you think he was doing it on purpose to be like to get them to go away i didn't think so no no it felt really bad for him and then we go to another scene where George is kind of underground in this cellar, surrounded by doctors and his mum, and they are bickering over different theories and treatments. Um, and the, Princess Augusta basically says, look, none of this stuff is working. I've had to bring in a new doctor. And this doctor steps forward. And I've described this as a real Disney kiss moment. So, you know, like in a Disney <laughs> movie where everything's gone wrong and they think someone's dead or in a really bad situation, but one kiss will revive them. Yeah. And this is exactly what we have in this scene. And I just, I rolled so hard because I was like, this is the most ridiculous, nonsensical thing I've ever seen. So basically the doctor says, I know what will cure him, talking. And then he leans into George and basically gives him a pep talk and says, George, you are king. You are placed on this earth to rule over everybody. If you can rule over armies and navies, you can rule over yourself or command over yourself. And oh, magic moment. George wakes up and he's fine. And I just said, this makes zero sense. And you're, you know, what, what did you think about it? Um, I don't know. I thought it trivialised a lifelong illness. Yeah. And, and it also didn't make sense. Um, but it was also kind of savage, wasn't it? Hearing all the messed up stuff they did, like the leeching and the other random stuff. Um, so I bet, I mean, the, the, I don't know. I thought it was odd. Yeah, I thought it was really odd. I think you're right. It did trivialise it. Like, oh, you just need a pep talk to come out of his madness. I thought mm. it was just ridiculous. Um, I don't think, yeah. Anyway, I feel like I've made my, <laughs> my thoughts known. <laughs> not a fan, on that one. Not no, fan not at all. It was so Disney. I was like, this is ridiculous. How funny would it have been if the doctor had kissed him? But yeah. It would have truly been a Disney kiss moment. I think it would have made more sense because it would have shocked George out of his system, maybe. Mm. And then we get some flashbacks again. So I will just say something I noticed about this episode is I felt like it's lots and lots of very short scenes that are like back and forth uh, flicking through. And I wasn't a fan of that. What do you mean? Like just so many of the scenes were just really, really short. So it didn't it felt really quite jerky and disjointed to me. Um, And it's because they're trying to flash back to the other three episodes before and incorporate what's going on in the present and incorporate from his perspective. Mm. And I just, it just, yeah, it didn't work very well for me. Yeah, yeah. So we see the wedding day. George is getting ready. He's waiting in the back rooms of the church, isn't he? He's got lovely long fingers. Is that seen? 
Oh. I was like, oh, does he play the piano? I did not notice that. I do um, love big hands. If anyone knows the actor, can you just find out? Is he a piano player? Very slender fingers. Interesting. Hmm. And he's waiting and waiting for Charlotte and he's obviously nervous and Lumiere is with him and he looks down and he can see George is starting to shake. And he also hears that Lumiere and, and Grimsby are saying the queen is missing. Oh, sorry, the princess is missing, the bride. It also made me think, if the king had that conversation between Lumiere and Grimsley, or whatever he's called, then do you think the king is aware of their little love tryst? Do you think he picks up on other things that might... I don't think so, because I feel like Lumiere and Brimsby are really good at hiding it. Mm. Like yeah. they were good at hiding the fact that the, that the princess had gone missing. Yeah, good point. Good point. So it's interesting, because now we understand why the king was outside walking the garden. So he's obviously feeling his fits coming on. He's shaking and he's he's gone away. He's gone for a walk to try and calm himself down. And he bumps into his doctor. Or, no, sorry, that's... No, sorry, yeah, it is right. He bumps into this new doctor in the corridor, and it's really... I thought the doctor was being really nice. He takes his hand, and he says, no, you're fine, like giving him another pep talk. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Up until now as well, I was like, what a nice guy. Yeah. What a nice guy. He finally gets George. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he gives him this massive slap around the face, which I really wasn't expecting. Also, the security team on King George's watch fired yeah they were bad like can you imagine nowadays royal family they are like so well protected yeah that exactly never, imagine someone coming up and like hitting. well they kind of go to step forward and then george steps them down and i was kind of surprised that george was like oh thank you doctor i needed that kind of thing yeah same he's in he's very humble isn't he mm. well i don't know if humble is the right word i think he's just so grateful for anything that will stop the fits from coming on yeah um, so then we see, we cut to George in the garden and there's this really nice scene where we see him coming up behind Charlotte. So we get to see his perspective coming up behind Charlotte as she's about to climb up the wisteria. And it opens with the line that we already know, which is something like, oh, my lady, is there, is there any assistance I can give you? And then he, his grin like cracks into this really lush mm. smile that he has, which is just really adorable. And he looks like proper in love with her. And I was like, this actor is gold. Like he is so good at showing mm. emotion. Like he's so talented. I really believe in his character. Yeah, I think he's a very good actor. I really do. He really does like, he really does shine, I think, um, in this episode especially. What was the next scene? Because all I've put in is Your Love's Got Me Going to Crazy Right Now by Beyonce, which is obviously the music, but I haven't written what scene that's in. Well, that was the lovely music that kind of is the soundtrack to the recap of everything. So basically it's a recap of all the moments from the moment they have their coronation mm-hmm. to up until the moment we've seen him like praying, um, praising Venus. Oh. So, um, no, no. That I lie. I'm an absolute liar. If we see him getting in the carriage with Charlotte and saying, like, on the way to take her to her new home, mm-hmm. and he goes to the observatory. So we they both go their separate ways, but we at least see it from his perspective, and we at least see the reason why George says that he needs to separate. And do you, do you remember what he says to her? Sorry, but just before that, I just want to say about the music. I absolutely loved the cover of Beyonce um I don't know what it's called crazy 
Love's got me going so crazy right now. Your love's got me going. Oh, <laughs> quite like in a violin. But like... it was all violin, and it was just mm. so good. And I don't normally like a lot of the modern covers, and I just want to say it's really good. That so was nicely mm. done, very nicely done. Um, don't you just love the relationship between George and Reynolds? So Reynolds speaks freely and says, "My king or my lord or whatever." Like, what's the situ? What's going on? And George basically says, "Look, I'm a troll. She's beautiful. I can't make her happy. I've got to protect her." I'm a mess. Yeah, and he says, I'm worried, you know, I can't harm her. I'm worried about harming her. And I was mm. like, it's really nice because we didn't see that before from his mm. perspective that actually he thinks she's beautiful and intelligent and that makes him more worried. He said if she'd been ugly um, and, you know, dumb-witted or whatever, it would have been easier for him. Yeah, like he doesn't feel like he's good enough. Mm. And do you remember before, uh, in a previous episode, when Charlotte turns up at the observatory and I said mm. that George just didn't seem surprised at all? Like, he just didn't seem surprised at all that she turned up. Yeah. We now know why, because we're obviously seeing it from the other point of view. Mm. And as George is in his observatory, Lumiere rushes in and says, you know, tries to disturb him. George is like, I'm busy, don't disturb me. He's like, no, the Queen is on her way. She's just crossed the bridge, she's going to be here any moment. Mm. So George gets a head up, heads up, which makes sense. It makes sense now. And a little gesture here that tells us a little bit more about George is that Lumiere goes to pick up his plate and cutlery off the floor and George kind of gets his arm to dismiss him and does it himself. And I just mm. think that... I think that what would have been really beautiful would have been if they had actually had all of this from George's perspective at the same time as us seeing what Charlotte was doing. This is what we found very frustrating about this episode, isn't it? That we are what we don't know why this episode is a standalone episode yeah. from his point of view. Yeah. When it feels too late. Like we wanted to know this yeah. in episode two one, two and three. Because it would have built up the tension. Like it would have helped us to understand his story and her story. And then yeah. we would have been more like, oh come on guys, like the frustration level would have been better we would but have understood it, both sides yeah it doesn't yeah. make sense that they they've done this as a completely separate episode and yeah. also it means that we are just repeating yeah. you know 30 percent of this episode for me was just copy pasted scenes from yeah. one two and three yeah. and there was not very much new content no it was um, a shame because i was really hoping um when it comes to the sex scenes i was like oh no it's okay like hopefully we get to see different camera angles and different positions and maybe we get him talking to Lumiere and saying, oh, mate, I can't get it up or what if I what if I lose it when we have sex? Or, do you know what I mean? Like, I would have quite yeah. liked to have seen... Or maybe we could have seen him touching himself as he's thinking about how on the wedding day. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was... I, I'm a pervert, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you sound like a pervert. But it's okay because there's got to be other people like me listening right now who are nodding, yeah, thinking, yeah, it Max, was really disappointing when they literally... It was, I just described this whole episode as, like, I think 70% of it was just a montage of clips from episode one, two, and three. And for me, that was just really disappointing. Yeah. And like you say, oh, we get to see the wedding night from his point of view. Maybe there'll be, yeah, we'll get to see the sex scenes from his point of view. That whole time where they were hating each other, but also having sex, I would have been yeah. really interested to see what he felt about yeah. that. But we don't get to see any fresh any fresh point of view. Yeah, like I really wanted him to be like, to Lumia, I don't understand why she's being so difficult like literally everything was fine and then since my mum came this morning she's being difficult like I was really hoping or expecting that we would have something to be like understand his thought process and understand why he was being weird with her too do you know yeah, what I mean like it, it was just that's it what was, I was looking it forward was quite to. disappointing the amount of copy paste scenes we got why didn't they do that though and do you not think it's a little bit sad as well that 
Charlotte gets three episodes. So what? Over mm. what is that? Three hours. I worth? guess the show is Queen Charlotte, isn't it? Yeah, but it's sad because I was like, oh, his story has been crammed into like a forty-minute episode, and we don't. It just I thought it was and a bit I will, sad. I will say, it must have been such. I'm going to sound really mean. The cheapest episode to produce because so much of it was just recycled content, and I was thinking. Such a cheap episode. But they must have, like, when they were doing the sex scenes and they were filming the sex scenes, there must have been loads of shots and movements and gestures that they didn't use that they could have just put together. Well, yeah, like, normally when they do a different point of view, like you say, they'll set up the scene, but they'll film it from a different angle. So at least you feel like you're in the other person's perspective. But it was it was really... It wasn't well done. I'm sorry to say it, and maybe people don't agree, but... I did why? not feel like it was a well put together episode at all. But why do you think they did that? Like, why do you think they decided to do this all in one episode rather than doing it adjacent, like running the two stories parallel? I think maybe it's harder, or maybe they thought they couldn't get it in with the time. Yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? Mm, I don't know. Um, is there anything else that you would have liked to have seen from his perspective that they didn't? Because I told you what I would. Have no, liked to I agree. Seen. I agree with all of those things. Um, so mm. back to the scene we were discussing in the observatory, we basically have a, a very heavily edited and cut down version of events that you've already seen in a previous episode of their conversation. Well, she's not amused, is she, guys? She's <laughs> not happy with this it's, episode. It's so, it's just like, I feel cheated. I feel like this isn't a proper episode. Um, and then she said, which you also didn't like, when she's like, I want to fight with you, George. Fight for me. What did you think oh, about that? I was like, lady, he don't know you, love. How is he going to fight for something he doesn't even know? Yeah. This is what you say to someone when you have been invested in each other and you've come up with some obstacles. And it's like, you literally met him yesterday. It, the language was way too evocative, way too over the top. You don't, you're strangers. Yeah, fight for me. He doesn't have to fight for her because there is no her ah, yet. He doesn't There's no know them. You. There's no relationship. So I felt, yeah, that was weird. It's like she's just watched, like, she's just watched Bridgerton and she wants what the Duke and Daphne have. Mm. <laughs> and and she's like, yeah. Yeah, so the next scene, um, Monroe, the Doctor, and George are discussing a cure. And George mm. is basically saying to him, look, you must have cutting edge techniques that you could try. Um, just do it. I I need to be cured. We have the time and privacy of the honeymoon. So oh now it makes God. sense why George was saying, basically, so distanced from Charlotte throughout the whole honeymoon because yeah. he was using this golden opportunity as king. He'll never have this amount of privacy again. Well, no. At that point, at the start of the honeymoon, um, that wasn't his plan. He just wanted to protect her from him. It's only after Queen Charlotte comes to visit after like a week or so of loneliness and she says look something's got to change like fight for me it's only at that point that he says okay now mm. let's that's bring the doctor in but it's sad because he doesn't know what he's getting himself in for like why couldn't the doctor have said look mate i'm going to be honest with you fyi it's going to be painful there are going to be leeches it's going to be a chair do you want that level like george doesn't seem to realize how bad it's going to get He's like so naive, mm. isn't he? And 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 really, and I guess this is him fighting for her. Yeah, I suppose so. And we see George being pulled out of bed by servants in the early hours of the morning. This whole shaving thing is, is odd. I think mm. it's supposed to show that the doctor is 
has power over George and yeah. he's domineering and he's literally got a knife's blade to his neck. Oh, yeah. And sometimes he uses that in quite a threatening way. Yeah, I can see that. Do you know that ice baths are actually supposed to be really good for you? Like I've mm, heard I've actually heard if that. you get a salad bowl and just put your head in it, that alone before bed is supposed to be really good for your sleep. Because I can, oh. Yeah, like a lot of something, your heat receptors or something in your head. Oh my God, so that like, sounds horrific though. I know, but I kind of want to try it. And then the porridge. So I was like, well, ice baths and porridge, to be fair might not be a bad thing but the other stuff was a bit to be dodgy. fair i think it's gruel so it's literally just oats in water it's not porridge so the difference is that in porridge we use milk yeah delicious creamy milk with raisins exactly with honey, honey. he's literally mm. got water and oats which is what really poor people used to eat isn't it what i thought was interesting is he's tied to this chair he's got a gag in his mouth He's got leeches and I've just put safe word question mark. Like surely <laughs> you would have a safe word or a gesture when you want to get out of that situation. Word. Like when people have sex and they tie themselves exactly. up. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is a safe word? And then what I thought was, you know, George is clearly thinking this is too far. It's yeah. just been days now, Doctor. When will this end? And he says to him you want me to improve myself, but I will not have a self to return to if we continue. Is a broken king better than a mad one? And I was like, Jesus, he's got a point. This is so sad because it's like for so long he's been trying to get over this problem and then he's come to the realisation that this doctor's trying to break him and Mm. that actually... Oh, that's just really, really sad. And the way that he says that, oh, that I'm just me. glad that he had the intelligence to see that this yeah. is not well. It's not good. It's not good for him. And then it's breaking him. And then I noticed that in the little, it's really weird that the doctor had cages uh, with animals in, and that was supposed to be a metaphor, which we find out later on for like George being caged and trapped by this doctor and needing to be free. Mm. But we, I noticed little Pom Pom was in a cage. Oh, that's so cute. Pom Pom the dog that she gets later. But Pom Pom the dog looks so much cuter in her basket. Do you think they like? Do you think they shave him or cut him or something to make him look a bit cuter? I don't know. I thought he looked the same. Okay. Bless him. Maybe a little bow in his hair. Maybe a little oh, comb. That's so cute. Um, that happens much later though. But um. I like that later on, Reynolds, in the next scene, Reynolds questions the Doctor. So the, the George comes into the room and he's cold and he's getting changed. And they basically have a chat, don't they? And I just, I love the relationship between Reynolds and George. Like, they're so close. And Reynolds basically says, like, you guys might actually be a perfect match. Yeah, because the King basically says... With a woman so unpredictable as Charlotte and so capricious, a woman like that is too dangerous for me. Mm. Especially as he says, you know, she'll turn up unannounced and she's quite feisty. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, Reynolds says, well, perhaps you are a perfect match. And George takes heart from that a bit, doesn't he? And, he's, yeah. and he smiles. And it's at that moment that he decides, OK, I'm going to go and see her. And that's what we were asking, weren't we, in the yeah. previous episode? We were like, George just turns up for dinner what changed his mind and again it would have been really nice to have seen that in the correct episode not like two episodes later yeah which we are at the moment it's like we don't know him when we watch the first three episodes we don't know him it's too much not enough spoon feeding but then he basically says maybe it's too soon to be with her but i can be next to her or i can be close to her so it's like a covert operation isn't it so he goes to her house and he basically is like watching her from afar um, do you miss that? Yeah. And, and he says, "Oh, look, she, look at her playing chess by herself." 
And it's at this point that I realized he does not understand loneliness. So, you know, before, you know, she's playing chess on her own. Like that's like the most lonely looking thing you can do. And before she speaks to him and says she's lonely and he just didn't really seem to care. He was like, you know, get out in his in his observatory. And it's because he craves solitude. And as king, he can't ever get that. And he says that he's like, you know, I crave to be on my own. He doesn't understand what it's like to actually be really lonely. Is it because he's one of those people that actually just really enjoys his own company? I think it's because he's king and he's surrounded by servants every single second of every single day. And it's almost like anybody that was surrounded by that would be desperate to have time alone. It's it's normal human nature, I think, isn't it? Like no one's meant to be surrounded by people every minute of every day. But she is and she's still lonely. Yeah, true. But I think she's not used to it. Like he's from the moment he was born has had that and he just craves solitude so badly. Um, She's not used to living in that royal lifestyle, is she? No. So um, basically then Lumiere says, you know, she misses her husband and then George says, I miss her too. And I was like, I don't believe, no. how can you miss someone you don't know? Who? And they've just had arguments up to this point. Yeah. So I also thought that. I was like, miss what? Fighting? Arguing? Her shouting in your face? You've literally met her twice on two separate occasions. That's literally it. Mm. And then basically, I think Lumiere basically says, look, you've got to make a gesture. Do something nice. And they both go into the dungeons and they get pom-pom. And his sentiment is, this is to remind her that we won't, that neither of us will be caged together, like caged forever. And I was like, that's a lovely sentiment. Mm. Where was that clear in the note that you sent her? Which was, I don't want you to be alone. Exactly. And it was lost on us as well. Like, oh, we just, well, I was completely 100% wrong about the dog thing. So obviously I thought it was Lumiere Grimsby that organised the dog. So apologies, I was wrong again. Um, But yeah, that sentiment was completely lost and completely defeated the point of sending the dog. Yeah, agreed. Then it, then it, um, oh, sorry. Then it switches to George being shaved by the doctor again. He must have very, very fast-growing hair. Good point. Very, and he reads. He gets this message from his mama, and I read it as consumate. <laughs> I read it as consumate, and I was like, "You something? You eat? You consume?" And then Chrissy was like, "Oh, consume." And I was like, "Oh, I thought they were being like. I thought it was gonna be like Latin or something." I see. Because they're yeah. royal family, and they didn't. Maybe I don't know. Um. So I was like, okay. So he has that reminder that he needs to get busy. Mm. So um, for those of you who are listening right now, apologies if the voice quality is slightly different. We paused for a cup of tea and some time in the garden and we're picking up this conversation, but we're using a slightly different way of recording. So apologies if it is a little bit grating. So we were talking about that message that said, consummate... Oh, this is it. And and he asks his servant, his manservant, what did she say? And Reynolds, or Lumiere, as we like to call him, says, she says that it looked like a deformed bunny. And Prince George, or King George, rather, he giggles. It was really cute. Yeah, it's funny that he took that to be funny, or maybe he thinks she's being sassy, but 
I guess we see that she actually genuinely hates it, doesn't she? Yeah. Why do you think he laughs so much? Because she was just so outrageous. Like that was a not a, an imp- not an impolite thing to say, but he likes that she's honest. I think he likes that she's got a bit of sass, a bit of spark. Yeah. We like a bit of sass. So then it it, shoot, it shoots, doesn't it? It shoots to another scene. Are you ready to talk about the yeah. next scene? So I thought this is it felt very childish. So we see Prince, well, King George, he's topless. And basically there's this turfed area of the palace gardens and they've removed the turf. And it's almost like he's just playing at ploughing with a farmer. And I just thought, oh my God, this just looks like a childish rich kid having a go at being a farmer in these very lovely manicured, manicured gardens. What did you think? Yeah, at first I thought it was cool, but then when the camera zooms out, you can see that there has been maybe like a small patch of grass has been turfed up and it's covered in soil. And it, you're right, it made me laugh because I was thinking he was, originally I thought he was on a massive field helping to harvest and and plant food for the poor but then when it does zoom out and there's like this little strip I was like oh I guess it is kind of a bit weird because what are you actually doing like are you growing enough for anyone is is this a hobby what's the deal yeah it just felt really childish to me and he's really familiar with the farmer because the farmer says to him oh normally I'd I would give you some food, but our cupboards are a little bit sparse. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to eat with my wife tonight. And I was like, oh, he's got a little farmer friend. Yeah, and he's obviously made him feel really good. Like he's, he's cheered up by his day of farming in the afternoon. Yeah, and he's, I think he was happier when he heard about Charlotte's reply to the, the dog as well, because that's what made him want to go out farming. And he was like, no more chair for me, Doctor. I'm going to go farming. And he had a little spring in his step, didn't he? So, Yes. And it cuts to the next scene where George has obviously gone to the palace to meet Charlotte for dinner. But there's a scene before that, isn't there, between Grimsby and Lumiere? Mm-hmm. Did you want to talk about that? Because I know you love their relationship. I do love it, guys. I think this relationship for me outshines other relationships on the screen. Just saying. Um, I just think the chemistry is really good. But they're talking a little bit. And, and um, oh, what's the short one called? Totally forgot his name. Brimsby? Brimsby or Brimsley. He's basically like, you know, what's going on with you, King? Are his bits, which I know you love, are his bits all sorted? Um, why don't you tell me we can share the load like doesn't have to rest on you and Reynolds gets all possessive which I love and he says he is mine stay down and I was like that's so hot when he talks like that oh it made me wonder whether Lumiere has a bit of a crush on the Mm. king maybe there is a bit of love I get a feeling more like of like a bromance, like a brotherly love. Like he really, I love it. I love how he feels about the king. And, I, and then he says, no fish around the king. Did you hear that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, what's the story there? Like, is it a Romeo and Juliet situation here? Like, <laughs> I don't know. The fish is Juliet, the king is Romeo. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I get you. I get you. I that took me a while to get that. I don't know. I was like, no fish around the king. And I was like, are you allergic? Um, why was that in the script? I want to know the history. It was random. Um, oh, my God. The next scene, I absolutely loved it. One of the best scenes so far, but I can't put my finger on why I loved it so much. 
Do you know which scene I'm talking about? Was it the about? tension? Yeah. So George is sat at the table and they're just waiting and waiting in silence for Charlotte to arrive. Mm. And he's obviously very nervous and he starts twitching. And I thought Lumiere himself must also be really nervous because there's lots of other servants in the room. Maybe he's worried that George might have a fit. And he just reaches out his hand and he places it on George. Oh, my God. And it settles him, doesn't it? It was so emotional. And it was so much more than that. You had Lumiere, his eyes flicking to the other manservants, picking up if anyone had noticed, flicking back to the king, the king flicking his eyes to his hand, to the portraits, then back to Lumiere. And I was like... This is really good. Like, to me, this is what builds suspense, that lack of speaking. That I think it was just so beautifully done. They really created tension, and I really loved it. And then when he put his hand on King George, because you can, you can sense that he wants to do something, but he's also like, oh, protocol. But he put his hand on the king, and for a moment, I felt like they were equals, you know? Like, Lumiere was, like, his guardian. And I just, I loved it so much. Just, did anyone else love that scene? I really liked how George was looking up to the portraits and it was almost like that weight of responsibility of all those people that have come before him and all those people like kings and queens that will come after him. I thought mm. that was quite clever. Yeah, that, I didn't even get that. But yeah, so subtle. That's what makes this show really, really good. And that's what makes Bridgerton really good as well. They did exactly the same with... Sorry. Um, can I... Did you just say this show, you think this show is really, really good? Well, I said this is what makes the show really, really good. So for me, that scene was really, really good. So um, like with Daphne and the Duke, what made that scene really, really good for me is that exactly the same feeling of tension when they're both looking at the portrait and their hands really slowly go towards each other. I just love that kind of tension. So for me, I thought that was a really good piece of the episode. Um, even though on the surface it might not look like a big deal. Um, and I really like that. Because this was new content, remember? Because we were saying before how the episode was regurgitating a lot of material, but this was new and I loved it. I did love it. Um, and do you know what the king does to acknowledge what Reynolds has done? He, he takes some wine and he says, um, good wine, Reynolds. And I felt like that was his way of saying good man, like thank you but using the wine as a vehicle to do that. Is that what you thought? I actually didn't notice that, so that was very observant of you. I like that. I mean, I don't know if it was, but I, I thought it could be. No, I think you're right. It also really made me hate Charlotte's reaction even more. So we talked before yeah. about how we found her very frustrating, that she gets quite angry with George, rather than give him the chance to talk. Mm. And this is what happens next, isn't it? She walks in... And he says, oh, I've come to dine with you. And she just she just gets so angry with him and storms off and she shouts at him. And I thought, you know what? I'm even more annoyed at her now that I've seen his side of the story. Yeah, yeah. And it's even sadder. But if they had run his story parallel, then we would have been more invested because we would have been feeling more sorry for him, more frustrated at her. And it would have built that tension way more. But do you know what I mean? I think it was... I know. We, we keep saying this, don't we? Like, we do not understand why we are only seeing his side of things now. It's almost too late for us. Yeah. Because we've lost that, that interest and tension that we would have had in episodes one and two. It's like, this is what episode four now is too late to be yeah. showing us this stuff. 
Yeah, and like we needed to see his point of view and his love for her and his struggles before the sex scene because then we would have been like, oh, we really feel like the sex scene's been earned because we can see his struggles and all the stuff he's been through and it it would have meant so much more. But as it was, it just didn't, it felt way too soon. And now we know why, don't we? Because they missed all this stuff out. Um, But I've put here that Charlotte seems even more of a dick now that we know his pain. Um... And it was so sad because then we see him packing up. He's saying, oh, I feel healthier than I felt for years. And then we get the sex scene, which was short and disappointing. Um, that's what she said. Lol. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there was like no extra footage, no side boob, no extra bum cheek, no extra gasping. No, I just thought, you know, it's, it's mostly just recycled content this whole episode. And interestingly, I saw on Facebook, someone had put in one of the Bridgerton groups, it came up in my newsfeed, they were like, can someone explain to me whilst, why episode four was just a repeat of all the other episodes? And I was like, lol, 100% agree. Ban. Yeah, they could Burn. have done so much more, so much more. Um, then I said, I put, oh, and then I put, it's been 39 minutes of recycled material <laughs> at this nice. point. At this point, we're 39 minutes in and I was just like, oh, I'm OMG. Um, and I also was really hoping that we would get a point of view of like his angry sex. Because, you know, there was that montage in the previous episode of their like sex in the bathtub, sex on the table. Well, I was hoping I was like, well, at least now we get to figure out like what his thoughts are. How does he react when Charlotte starts to kind of act cold towards him after she hears his conversation with his mum? Like, what are his what are his thought processes? Does he say anything to Lumiere? Like, do we find out what he thinks of this? Why why he is cold? Maybe we. I was actually kind of hoping that we get to see a discussion that they have about odd day, even days, but we don't. And I just thought that was such a missed opportunity. There's, yeah, there's quite a lot of missed opportunities, I think. Um, and also, it, so the next scene goes back to the doctor, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I have part that I don't get this constant scene with the razor. So quite often we see the doctor shaving George with this. Um, I don't I don't know what the razor's called. It's a bit like a Sweeney Todd razor, isn't it? Mm. And the way he comes across to me is very manipulative and quite power hungry. And I find when he's shaving George with his razor, it's almost like he's threatening him. Yeah. Yeah. But what's really good, and I thought this was a very good scene, is George begins this monologue whilst... So he takes the razor from the doctor as if he's taking back control of the situation, doesn't need him anymore, and he finishes shaving himself. And I just thought this is really good acting. George does this monologue about how... Do you know what? I can't even remember what he says now. But it's such a good monologue. I thought it was really good acting. His acting is incredible. Um, I really hope that he gets talent spotted. Um, he was incredible. I really like him. I really like Lumiere as well. Um, really, really good. Yeah, he talks something about how he's lived in fear and terror. You know, if he didn't eat his peas, then the... the um, That's the, um What was it? The whole empire would fall... If he had a cough, then he was dying and the whole... And he talks about how he lived under this mental pressure. And actually, 
Um, it nearly broke him. And if he continues going about this way, there'll be nothing left of him. Something like that. And then when he talks about her, when he talks about Charlotte, he seems so much happier. And I think we see the doctor melt. I think we see the doctor melt a little bit. And when he talks, yeah, when, when George is talking about Charlotte, as if, as if he gets it, as if he thinks maybe Charlotte could help this guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was very good. And I don't know if I'm missing a scene. Do you know what the next scene is before I, just in case I've skipped a bit? I don't think so. I think it's just the ball scene. Okay, because I want to talk about the scene where George sees the doctor in the palace and he's like, what are you doing here? I, I told you your services were no longer required. And the doctor's all like, oh, well, I've been here to make um, a poultice for the queen. And then basically he tells George, which I think is really unfair, it should have been Charlotte that told George, that she's about to have a child. And George looks really quite shocked and taken aback. And I thought that was really harsh. Like He stole that moment from Charlotte and George. That was really... I think the doctor's a horrible guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the only thing missing is that I think there was a ball scene and then George is on a high, isn't he? I think that's right. He's on a high, he's really happy and then he takes Charlotte to sleep in his bed and then he wakes up in the middle of the night, yeah, and then finds the doctor doing something for Charlotte. And you're right, I think it was really... I mean, he seems very courteous, doesn't he? He seems very professional, no hard feelings. And he, he does, you know, answer the king's questions. But yeah, I guess it was really unfortunate. And it does seem rather unfair that he told um, George. And he must know as well that those that sort of news could tip George over the edge, having worked with him. And it, Yeah, and that's exactly what happens, isn't it? So... I've put, it becomes super dark, the scene. So mm. at some, some points I could barely see what was happening on the screen. So visually it's very, very dark. George goes back to his rooms that he shares with Charlotte. And that's where we go to the scene that we last saw from Charlotte's point of view, where George is scribbling on the walls and he's ranting. Um, and I actually pot. So you know how, so the next part is that he goes out to the garden and we see him out in the garden screaming up at the stars. Mm. Um, I pot this was so much more powerful and sadder coming from his point of view. Yeah. As opposed to the point of view we saw from Charlotte, which I found hard to take seriously. I kept thinking, oh, it doesn't feel real. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, they should have done it from his point of view first. It was so much better. Yeah, and it was so much more devastating because we've seen how this was exactly what he was scared of. He really did not want to see her like this. And then he had a bit of hope. He thought he could be cured. It was so upsetting. And again, a missed opportunity for this emotional scene. Um, It was so tragic, I thought. So sad. Yeah, it really was. And then, of course, we see um, the next morning he wakes up in bed, he pulls back the cover, he sees that he's completely naked, and he's obviously really confused. And you, I suppose you can see it starting to sink in, mm. and he realises that he might have had an episode. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, this is so, so difficult. And then... I guess before that, you know, you kind of skipped over the bit where we see her washing the king butt naked and she's very abrupt, what's wrong with my husband? And I was like, oh, he's right there. Um, And for all her faults, what I do like about the Queen Mother 
is that she's very gentle with George when he's having an episode. You know, when, for example, he was in the middle of that scene where all the doctors were around him, she was very careful to talk about him, knowing that he might be able to hear her. Whereas with Charlotte, I was like, oh, you're not very sensitive. You're like talking about your husband like he's not there. Yeah, I remember us talking about this in the last episode, how we didn't like that she was basically shouting over him as if he wasn't there. I, I did not like it. And I will say, I'm also not very impressed with what she does next. No. So I just, she leaves the palace, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. I'm sorry, i got to say that I got a bit confused there. There wasn't a washing the king scene. I got my notes confused. So yes, you're right. Um, he wakes up in bed, she's gone, and then we see her in a carriage. That's not a good move. Yeah, so she goes to visit uh, Princess Augusta, the king's mother, mm. and she, the king, the king's mother is in the middle of tea, and she basically, Charlotte storms in, interrupts them, and she starts talking what I thought was a metaphor, mm. but it wasn't. So she talks about the knives at, where they met at Buckingham House, and she says, the knives have become dull, and they were not dull before George came to stay. Um, but it must be a coincidence. Now, I thought she was trying to say that she thought there was something wrong with George, <laughs> like the knives. But yeah. basically, she starts listing all these things um, that her suspicions grew there was something wrong. And now she's saying there is something very wrong with George and how dare you keep that from me. Yeah. And she says, um, I think she even says he's gone mad. And I just thought, there's no empathy. It's horrible the way she talks about him. Yeah. Even though we've seen them be really close with each other, they've, they've kind of opened up. I thought she had feelings for him. I really didn't like the way she was talking about him. What did you think? I thought it was awful. And it, it's so awful and so sad. And again, I mean, I guess we know this about older Queen Charlotte. You know, she's cold. She's quite hard. She's got a funny sense of humour, which I like. But I always thought that came because of the difficulty she faced with her husband. But what we're seeing here is a Charlotte who is, again, only really thinking about herself. What about her love for her so-called husband? Where's that gone? And that's the problem with this relationship, is that there was no build-up. You know, she, she comes to the country alone. She is angry at him because she has no company. It, it, it feels empty. It feels like it's lacking an emotional depth. She finds out he, he's got problems, doesn't comfort him in the morning and find out what's going on. She goes to his mum and, and is really rude about it. Um, it's hard for, basically, me, hard for me to empathise with her with, with this, really. Yeah, and basically she's not there to ask questions or to find out what's going on. She's there to complain. She is complaining to Augusta. Why have I been picked? I could have gone anywhere. I could have had a normal husband. And I'm like, yeah, this is all about you. You don't give a shit about George or yeah. finding out a bit more about what's going on. Yeah. You're there going, poor me. You've conned me into a marriage with somebody who's mad. And I just thought, God, you're a really unlikable person. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? This is the thing that we're struggling with. It, it's quite unkind. And her character is unkind in Bridgerton at points. Another point, she's really kind, like with Edwina. Um, but there's a slight cruel, a cruelty to her, which it's difficult to understand. Um, there just seems to be a lack of warmth towards him. Um, I guess she doesn't know him. And she does say that. She says, I do not know him. 
So, But they've had moments together at this point where they've connected. What I find quite strange is I was watching a very short, like, quick-fire round of questions with the actress that plays Queen Charlotte, and she described her character as empathetic. And I was like, what? Your character is, like, literally the most least empathetic character, which is why we are struggling to like her. So I was really confused why the actress... Is it that the actress is trying to be empathetic and it's just not coming across very well? Or has she just misunderstood the character? Or are we just supposed to read into it really, really hard that the Queen is empathetic even though she's coming across as really mean? I was so confused. Could you put that as a poll? Because it could just be us. Maybe we're not being empathic enough about her situation. Because I have noticed that we were maybe a little harsh on her, forgetting that she's in a country where English isn't supposed to be her first language. Maybe put it to the polls and see what the listeners think. I think knowing his story and his pain, I guess we have that that insight. If she had seen what we had seen, if she had seen him struggling and suffering, then she probably would be more empathic. But I guess it feels like it big cover up and she's angry because it's like she didn't know anything that was going on. Maybe that's the problem because she doesn't know his story. She can't empathise. She feels like she's been cheated. Yes, possibly. Um, but I, I do think on the whole, Queen Charlotte is not the most... There's been other things throughout mm. the series that shows that she just isn't very empathetic. And what is even worse is that we then see that George is stood outside the door and hear the listening to everything oh my god and I just done like a little drawing of a broken heart oh my god and what I would like to have seen is for her to see him overhearing do you know what I mean because then you've got her feeling remorseful guilty and then maybe that's where the empathy grows but if she doesn't see him outside then what's going to happen is he's probably going to disappear And she's going to be like, oh, where are you? Where are you? And then she's just going to get more resentful and angry, potentially, because she doesn't have her answers. So I really hope that she sees that he heard her so she can feel sadness. And maybe there could be a a conversation with the doctor where he talks about some of the the things he's been through. Or maybe there are, like, some diary entries that she finds in the library. And she reads all of his pain and misery, like, since he was a kid. And, like, maybe there are flashbacks of him as a kid that we see through her reading his journal that make her realise a little bit, I guess that's a little bit like what happened with Daphne, isn't it? And the letters that she read um, from the Duke, but I kind of forgot about that. But something like that would be really helpful. Yeah, I think that would be, that that might happen, mightn't it? I hope so. But we're on episode four and I think there's only six episodes. Mm. So... George then goes back to the doctor and he says, strap me back in. Aww. So overhearing that conversation, knowing what happened, has made him, yeah, go back to the doctor and lose hope a bit. So sad, so sad. Can I just say, you know in episode one where George meets Charlotte for the first time and there's a scar on his hand and he says, oh, I was clumsy with a paring knife or something. And I was like, oh, maybe that was during one of his fits. Maybe he, um, maybe he hurt himself. Do you think, in the conversation, um, when Charlotte talks about blunt knives, do you think that's why they have blunt knives in the palace? Because maybe he did cut himself 
doing a fit? I'm more worried that he was purposely self-harming himself. That's oh, what God. I'm worried about, but maybe that's a bit too dark for Bridgerton. My take is that maybe he tried to maybe take his own life or something, and that's why they have to hide everything. Or maybe maybe they're worried that he would hurt her by accident because he seems to be worried about that, doesn't he? Good point. He does worry about hurting her. And from what we've seen, he just sort of goes into like a daydream, like an alternative reality. And he seems to be obsessed with the stars. So we haven't seen any violence yet, have we? No. But I guess we can't rule it no. out. I mean, there's a reason why I think, like, the doors are locked and stuff. Like, he, maybe he must have tried something in the past. Yeah. So I think on the whole, and I'm, maybe we'll pop this out to poll to see what other people think, this hasn't been, for me, like, a great episode. Um, like I said, a lot of it just felt like copy and pasted montage from the other three episodes. Um, I think you felt the same, didn't you? I feel the same, but I will say that for me, the, the actor that plays King George, you got me good. Like, I was feeling all the feels. You made me feel sad. And I think the acting is brilliant. I also, round of applause, I think, for Lumiere, because we see a real bromance. You can see how much he loves his king. And I just really, really love that. So for me, the highlight is King George's acting and understanding like the relationship between Lumiere and the King. I love that. That's for me what I what I liked about this episode. What what did you like about this episode? Um I liked seeing things from George's point of view. Uh, I liked George's monologue with the doctor. Mm. But that was about it for this episode. Yeah. How many corsets, if, you know, out of five? Um, for me, maybe two. Yeah, I was going to give it one and a half. Ooh, ouch. I just, I don't think I liked seeing, I thought it was too sad. I, I don't, I didn't like the sadness. Um, I guess I'm not very good with watching sad stuff. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, cool, well, we will run some polls, won't we? So if anyone that's listening, if you kind of find us on Facebook. Yeah, or if we said something today that you disagree with, then comment on our page. Like, we'll put that as a poll. We'll put it to the polls. Or message us privately if you've got a question or you had a thought about the episode and you'd be interested to see what other people thought, but you're a little bit shy, don't want to put it on the wall. Then, yeah, send us a private message and we'll put it on a, as a poll for you. Great. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.